How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome. Welcome. To Warriors Wrap-Up. Wrap and Lock Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he flies in for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Leaves his feet, finds an open man. Schroeder in the corner. The three ball popped out. Rebound Draymond. Schroeder one of nine from three against the Warriors this year. Curry dribble drive all the way in. Goes up over Montrez Harrell. Took the hit and scored. His finishing ability is absurd. His finishing ability absurd. His three-point shot ridiculous. He goes for 27 points. That's right, Stephen Curry. But he didn't have a whole hell of a lot of help tonight as the Lakers walk into Chase Center and they blow the Warriors out. Lead by as many as 36 and win by 31, 128-97. to We welcome you in here to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. It's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey, 888-957-9570. If you want to chime in uh, with some thoughts on this one, Warriors Covey following up uh, one of their best wins of the year. Could they find some semblance of consistency carry any of that forward into tonight and uh other than Stephen Curry uh the answer to that question was a resounding no yeah man there's a little uh, expression that the young bucks use JD it's called beating the brakes off them and uh the Warriors definitely got their brakes beaten off of them tonight uh the Lakers are a better basketball team and they played like it. They hadn't been in quite the form that they were in earlier in the year. And I know coming out of the break, LeBron, even though they're down a couple of bodies right now with Gasol and obviously Anthony Davis, no Caruso tonight, but uh, they still got plenty of depth and they defend like they defend like some dogs, JD. And uh, the Warriors had to work for every little thing they got. Every shot was contested. Uh, and so they had a hard time getting any traction offensively. And then on the other end, LeBron James, I mean, Come on, just a, a vintage performance from him. And then a guy like Montrez Harrell, who was brought to the Lakers specifically to be, you know, part of that bench unit uh, and, and give them more depth, a super six man, if you will. And, boy, if you can pencil in that kind of production from a six man like Harrell gave you tonight, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. Yeah, the Warriors were eviscerated on the interior tonight. 68 points for the Lakers in the paint. Uh, it felt like Montrez Harrell had all of them. Uh, but he, <laughs> Via he the dunk. Up. <laughs> via, via the dunk, uh, as he wound up 11 for 14 for a team high and a game high tying 27 points as Curry had 27 on the Warriors side of things, as we mentioned. But yeah, 11 for 14 for Montrez Harrell. The Lakers bench uh, put up uh, a, a lot of points in this one with Kyle Kuzma pitching in. Uh, Talon Horton Tucker had 18 to go He's with good. Kuzma 17. And just bad defense. Uh, I think the Warriors' competitive spirit. Uh, I know we'll hear from Steve Kerr. He questioned their their competitive spirit uh, in this one, especially coming off of, of a victory. Uh, but we we talked a lot at the top of the post game show yesterday about 
hey, the best players set the tone. And Stephen Curry was aggressive early. Wiggins was attacking early. And Draymond clearly uh, was was set to put his imprint on the basketball game and, and wound up with a triple-double. Uh, tonight, one of those triple-single nights for Draymond where he scores the two points. Yes, he has seven assists, but uh, six boards. And just uh, his presence not felt. Andrew Wiggins... Uh, in this ball game tonight, you look at his overall line, he winds up with 15, uh, 5 of 9 shooting. But here's the deal with Andrew Wiggins. He had two points until the final seconds of the first half where he knocked in the buzzer-beating three-pointer. He winds up with 10 in the third as the game is is fluctuating between a 20 and a 30-point deficit. That's when he got 10 of his 15. So Wiggins really had no impact on this game. And you know what? I didn't even ask you the question yesterday, Covey after Wiggins was awesome in the game against the Jazz. How does he find consistency? How does he bottle it up and and take it to the next day? I didn't even ask you about it because you just kind of knew that this is who Andrew Wiggins is, and and he's going to have those games out of nowhere where you're like, wow, this is a guy that you you love having on this basketball team, but he's also going to have games like tonight where he's just nowhere to be found, and there seems to be no real rhyme or reason as to when you're going to get those games. Yeah, well, I I think teams uh, that bring it defensively to the level that the L.A. Lakers did tonight, um, you know, Wiggins has a hard time with that. Uh, You know, they'll they'll double him, especially when, you know, he's playing with, uh, you know, he's not playing with Steph. Um, And look, I mean, Wiggins throughout his career, this has kind of been the story for him. So um, no no surprise there. I think you're spot on. He would have to put together a, a pretty impressive string of, you know, six, seven, eight games for me to say, okay, maybe this is starting to turn. I mean, basically, Basically, we've realized who Andrew Wiggins is, and, you know, hopefully the Warriors are comfortable with that. And, you know, maybe if he's the fourth most important offensive player on a basketball team, that would be fine. Uh, But certainly on a night where, you know, you're going to need to try and keep pace with the Lakers, you know, they put up a buck 28 just to hang in the basketball game. Uh, Not enough from him. And this was one of those games for me. I'm glad you brought up Draymond because this is one of those games for me that I've been harping on, which is he'll pack it in, man. Like this thing got away from the dubs in the second quarter and Draymond just kind of makes a business decision to shut it down. And, you, know, you you could argue the you know the prudency of that because well if you're not going to win why expend a bunch of energy but you don't want to get your your rear end rearranged the way they did tonight and that's where I'd like to see just a little bit more fight I mean maybe it's just a talent thing JD I know the Lakers are really good but look the Lakers were shorthanded tonight the way that the Warriors played yesterday it's it's hard for me to fathom how a team could look so good against elite competition yesterday and so putrid against elite uh, competition today. It's just, it's maddening, but so it goes for the 2020-2021 Golden State Warriors who can't find any measure of consistency basically this entire basketball season. And and the Lakers wind up for the game tonight shooting a tick under 63%. 49 for 78, 62.8% for the game. 11 of 27 from three-point range, so they wind up 62.8 for the game, 40 from three, even though they didn't take a lot of threes and they only hit 11, but a a good percentage there from three-point range. And it just, the Warriors allowed them to get uh, extremely comfortable, uh, couldn't back up the defensive intensity that they played with early. Again, there was an imprint, there was a physicality, there was a hustle, there was an edge to the Warriors yesterday None of that was there tonight. And again, different matchups, different competition, different kind of team. I think physically the Los Angeles Lakers are a a much more imposing team in terms of their wing players. They've got a lot of wiry, physical, you know, bodies that that, that can make life difficult and and punish you both in the way that they attack the rim and attack the paint and the way that they defend, uh, I think, on the perimeter. Uh, And, you know, they didn't have their their big bigs in this one, like uh, like a Marc Gasol. Uh, But, you know, they did have Harrell, who who plays big for them off the bench, but it, it didn't even matter tonight. I mean, Damian Jones, eight points on three for three and got to the free throw line a couple of times. Just just no resistance from the Warriors in this game. And and our buddy Jim Barnett, who uh, hosts Warriors Live with us for the home games here, uh, he texted me with a, a couple of his thoughts right, right as the game went final. And he mentioned the final four minutes of the second quarter to your point about Draymond. And it's 
you know, at that point, Warriors are down three after one. Steph had a nice first quarter. Wiseman played really well in his minutes with the starters on that back half of the first quarter. Second quarter, the bench unit, they're a minus eight. Uh, it's an 11-point game, but the minutes that the starting group played, those final four or five minutes, and this is what comes back to Draymond for me, the Lakers are able to push that thing up to 15. So it doesn't it, – it, it, at that, and then in, in the third quarter, they're able to push it up farther. That's the point where if you're going to make it a game, you need to make a run right there. And I think that's where the Warriors just flat out, in some ways, almost kind of tapped out in this one. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, they they absolutely did. I mean, they lived to fight another day, and uh, it seemed like a team that was content to say, hey, look, we we wanted to make sure we won one of these first three coming out of the break so we could make sure we were at 500 when the six-game gauntlet uh, finally came to an end. And so that win against Utah yesterday guaranteed them that. So they kind of played this game like they were playing with house money. And uh, I think we've seen performances like this from the Golden State Warriors, uh, you know, where they'll maybe look a little bit ahead, look a little bit down the road, and whatever it is. Like, you're just not matching the intensity of, uh, you know, the, the champs, right? I mean, you're playing the L.A. Lakers tonight, a team, by the way, who tapped you a couple of weeks ago, you know, a week and a half ago, whatever it was, right before the All-Star break, like embarrassed you on national television. I would have thought there'd maybe be just a little bit more resolve for this basketball team tonight. But just, I mean, look, it, it goes across the board. I mean, I'll give Steph credit for showing up tonight. Nobody else for me gets credit for showing up. And, and yeah, you give the Lakers plenty of credit because, I mean, they, they collectively as a unit, that's a, that's a really gritty basketball team. And certainly LeBron leads the way. I mean, Horton Tucker, you know, with a career high for him, adding to that depth. Even Kyle Kuzma was scoring tonight. Uh, so there was, there was a lot of different guys that, that contributed. And, of course, you know, when you have a leader like LeBron who – He's just – he's not going to let them slip. LeBron was a plus 33 tonight. He's playing into the fourth quarter. Uh, meanwhile, the Warriors are looking like, okay, well, we'll uh, we'll see you again in Houston a, a couple of nights from now. And it's just it's, – it's not the kind of effort befitting of a team that wants to be in the playoff conversation and certainly not worthy of being out there with a team the ilk of the L.A. Lakers. 888-957-9570. It's Warriors Wrap-Up with J.D. and Covey. Lakers beat the Dubs tonight, 128-97. to So uh, tonight, if you pair it with the ball game yesterday and you look at the Warriors' overall record at 20-20, and I mean, it, it really is a microcosm of what this team has been for the most part this, this whole season. Uh, and you look now at them getting through this six-game stretch, one and five with the uh, bookended games uh, with the Lakers at the beginning and the end of the stretch. And then you've got Portland and Phoenix and the Clippers and the Jazz, the, the four games sandwiched uh, in between there. And so you look at all of that and uh, the, La the Warriors go one and five. Uh, they're 20 and 20, which I think you'll take uh, probably – would rather have it be 21 and 19 at this point. Uh, and, and the one game they let slip was the ball game in Portland. They, they obviously punted on the game in Phoenix. Uh, if they were 21 and 19, I think we might be calling this uh, an acceptable pass of these last six games, especially considering the fact that they, they took the night off in Phoenix for the most part. Right. Uh, but they didn't get the game in Portland. And 20 and 20 is not a fail by any stretch, but I also think it's – you know, it's not really a pass either for this stretch uh, as they pick up and now the schedule gets a little bit easier. Yeah, look, they've had some opportunities, and this goes all the way back to the month of February, J.D., where they didn't close out some basketball games. And, you know, the Portland game was the most recent example of that. <laughs> Outside of the Utah game, that was the only of the, the past six that they even had a chance to win, uh, and they didn't get the job done. So 20-20 20 and 20 certainly is disappointing uh, compared to where – you know, you, they could be uh, certainly had they played a little better down the stretch in a few of these games. But, hey, you are where you are right now. Um, you know, this there's still a lot of learning going on with this basketball team. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of coincided too, J.D. I, I understand why Steve Kerr has made the decision to give Mannion and Poole uh, a little bit of an extended run. Certainly Jordan Poole uh, in that conversation over Wanamaker and guys like Damian Lee. But I think there's a little bit of fallout from that for the other bench guys as well. I mean, Kent Bazemore, you know, he's fallen on hard times last four games. 
He's played 50 minutes the last four games combined, and he's made three baskets. Uh, you know, they, Kent Bazemore had been their best three-point shooter uh, for this season, uh, you know, from a percentage standpoint, and, you know, his offense has fallen off. And this Warriors team, when Steph, you know, leads the way, but you don't get scoring from Draymond, you're not getting any offense from Kavon Looney, like none. Uh, and then Andrew Wiggins, well, you can pencil him in for his 15-16. to 16. Kelly Oubre has, you know, ridden the wave, and I think he's on a downward tick right now. I think, you know, that he's still feeling that injury, whatever it is. Uh, he's, he's cooled off a bit lately. But you just don't have enough firepower in your starting lineup where you have to get contributions off the bench. And, you know, maybe it's, you know, with the changing of the tide, the changing of the uh, the rotations. But, you know, Bazemore's fallen on hard times a bit of late. And it's just, it's just not enough guys scoring. Now, hopefully when the schedule eases up here and the next, you know, handful of games, I hope, you know, for me, I look at the next seven, I think four and three is like the bare minimum that this team uh, needs to go over the next seven, probably more like five and two. I mean, I know you got the Sixers in there and, um, you know, there's, you know, a couple of tough games. I mean, Memphis, you know, two in a row in Memphis isn't going to be easy. You probably live with a split there. But regardless, I think, you know, just all the change has kind of had a little bit of a uh, a trickle-down effect, too, on guys like Pascal and even Juan Toscano-Anderson. Uh, it's just it's not the same rotation right now, and it's going to take a little while to maybe iron some of this stuff out. All right, he's Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson. We'll pause. We'll come back. We'll hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. We've got your who's hot and who's not as well, and we will look ahead a little bit at where the Warriors are at now coming out of this tough six-game stretch, even up at 500 at 20 and 20. All of that as Warriors wrap-up rolls on right here on 95.7 The Game. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of color starting at just 3.99 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like stearns and foster temper pedic purple and beauty rest black with 60 month special financing only at ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details Two-hand toss to Mannion. About 25-footer. Good for Mannion. Nico from downtown ties the game. How about that range? Wow. No hesitation. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, Nico Mannion knocking down a three there. One of a couple of three-pointers he knocked down in his top of the second quarter stint, uh, leading that bench unit uh, with Jordan Poole, uh, obviously Kelly Oubre, Eric Paschal, and James Wiseman. Game was tied at that point. 
that group would go on, though, to get outscored 19-8 to from that moment, 19-11 to overall, a minus 8. And that was despite Mannion hitting a couple of threes, Eric Paschal knocking down a three-pointer as well. Warriors uh, go on to lose 128-97. to I didn't even count the plus-minus in the fourth quarter because uh, if you're already down 30, it's just, you know, forget it. It doesn't matter really either way, good or bad. I know Jordan Poole, uh, as he often does, had some nice mop-up minutes uh, in the ball game tonight. Uh, what did you think of Nico Mannion? Because, I, I, don't, I mean, hey, the, his ability to knock down a couple of threes, if he could do that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more open-minded toward him being out on the floor. The, the issue, though, that he's going to have, I think, the more that he has to play is – just teams attacking him defensively and him being unable to guard. I know Taylor Horton Tucker took him on a couple of drives and it was just like a layup line uh, tonight. And uh, so, you know, as much as he can bring something to that unit and look, if he knocks down shots, that's an added bonus, but he struggles to play defense. Uh, And I think the more he plays and the more teams start to really look at him on tape as uh, somebody that's a, a key cog in the Warriors rotation, the more they're just going to go right at him. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. And it's tough because Nico Mannion is now getting meaningful minutes in the NBA. And think about the competition that he's faced right out of the shoot, right? Just coming out of the break. Clippers, Jazz, Lakers. Hey, welcome to the league, kid. Uh, welcome to the backup point guard role with the Golden State Warriors. That is no small task. And these teams specifically are equipped to uh, attack a young player. You know they're going to take advantage of it. That's what good basketball teams do. They're not going to overlook those those little details. I mean, he's just got to keep his feet moving. Um, he's... He's one of those guys when he's on the ball, you know, because he doesn't strike me as lightning quick or anything, J.D., but he's got a really nice feel for the game. And I think, you know, like like any good point guard, he can kind of make the game play at his pace, kind of dictate terms, if you will. Now, that's on the offensive end. And, and I think, you know, he's got, a, he's got a nice eye for cuts and, you know, just for the flow of the game, even for a guy that's played as little NBA basketball as he has. And I think Clearly that time in the G League has served him well. But, yeah, that second unit, um, they're going to get tested defensively. There's no doubt. And then even offensively, those guys, there's too much iso ball for me. Like, they have to stay moving. That's the essence of Steve Kerr's offense. Movement, movement off the ball, guys setting screens, back cuts, etc. That's what these guys need to be doing. And I still feel like it's a little bit of kind of the herky-jerky shuffle when they're out there. So uh, that's what you get, though, when you pair – Jordan Poole with Nico Mannion and, uh, you know, James Weissman and Eric Paschal. That's a lot of inexperience out there. So Steve Kerr is obviously comfortable with the growing pains that are certainly going to come along with that. Uh, But you just hope that those efforts won't be in vain, you know, 20 games into this into the second half of the season if these guys start to find a little rhythm and start to gel. That's the hope. That's the plan. And certainly that's their, that's spending your time better with that second unit than just keep running the Wanamakers and the Damian Lees of the world out there who you know, there's a high probability that those guys aren't going to be on the team next year anyway. So, you know, there's going to be bumps in the road, J.D. I don't think there's any doubt. But I think Mannion is a little further along than, you know, maybe a lot of guys put into his situation would be at this point. I think that's fair. I think that group as a whole looks like a group that's still just trying to figure out what they're trying to accomplish when they're on the floor together and no how doubt. they want to how they want to operate. Like, do you want to get Wiseman involved? Do you want to get Poole involved? Do you want to and and so you know well, Pascal tends to be when he gets the ball, he he's got to go and and look to attack. Otherwise, he's not really useful. Like it's 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 a it's a tough balance because you've got Mannion who wants to be a passer. You've got Wiseman who needs somebody in a lot of ways to set him up. But then you've got Oubre who's the best player of that group who needs to be kind of in attack mode. Poole almost needs a free reign to, to, to shoot. Although he can create or or catch and shoot, I guess, uh, and then you know, and then Pascal's just got to bulldoze when he gets it. So it it is a unique complement of players and skill sets. Well, no question. And 
but they got to also play within the constraints of, of Steve Kerr's offense, right? And it's not about activating any one player at any time. It's more, unless you specifically run a play for somebody, it's more about who's got the best look. And it's about, you know, all, w- with all that movement, creating chaos for the defense, getting from a good look to a great look. And when the offense is working at its best, well, they didn't really certainly have... They don't really have uh, they don't really have a lot of ball movers among that group, which I think is is part of the issue there. Mannion is a ball mover, well for but sure. The rest of the and, and Poole can be, and, and you clipped out there for a second, so I, I had to pick it up there. I wasn't sure if you were there or not, and we got you back. Uh, so I'll, I'll let you go ahead and finish your point. Yeah, uh, but I was kind of vamping there because I was told we lost you. I heard you. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, no, and and look, you the, you're right, and and that's where Steve Kerr is going to have to figure out how this unit is going to be best served because it is kind of a, a hodgepodge group. But the other part of it is, I think these guys can be really good in transition. Problem is, you have to get stops to get out in transition, and when you're pulling the ball out of the net and you're going against a set defense, that's a whole nother deal, especially when you're going against a really good defense like the Lakers present or the Jazz present or the Clippers present. So there's going to be some easier games ahead, and hopefully now they've seen the hardest right that the NBA has to offer and just how hard it can even be to unlock a good look in 24 seconds. Um, you're going to get better looks against Houston and Memphis and some of the teams are going to see in the next couple weeks. So hopefully that'll allow them to start to get into a rhythm and gel a little bit as a unit, and then maybe define some of those roles a little bit. But I think it's a great point. 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey here. Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. Lakers beat the Warriors, hand them their second biggest loss of the season, 128-97. That, uh, in terms of margin, it wasn't all bad uh, for the Warriors tonight, uh, at least on the Stephen Curry front. Steph Curry now the all-time uh, leader in assists for the Warriors franchise as he passed Guy Rogers uh, in the ball game tonight. Stephen Curry uh, playing good basketball for Golden State, uh, but tonight, you know, another one of those nights where he, yesterday it, it seemed like Steph was hunting shots early, and and it feels like against the good teams, against the good teams, Covey, that almost it, it's it's. That almost it's almost imperative. Like he has to be going and getting it. And I think he I think he was to a certain extent, but there just was not there just was a no zip to what the Warriors were doing on either end tonight. Yeah, the Lakers bogged him down and it was the the Warriors never got this thing unlocked tonight. So um again, you it's a testament to the LA Lakers and what they were able to do. But if the Warriors aren't going to make shots and, and the, the Lakers force them into a bunch of mid-ranges tonight, that's not the Warriors' game. Uh, they either need to be slashing and attacking the basket uh, and scoring down low or, of course, you know, taking open threes and hopefully knocking them down. Uh, the Lakers had them in that middle ground tonight and you know, taking a lot of contested runners, things like that. And um, that's, that's certainly not going to be conducive to the Warriors uh, you know, scoring a lot of points. So credit to the Lakers, but Warriors have to be better collectively with their ball movement and then better defensively too because – you know, I mentioned the second unit in their transition game. The same goes for the starters. I mean, if you're going against a set Lakers defense the whole time, you're probably going to get creamed. Yeah, no question. Probably going to get creamed, and that's exactly what happened for the Warriors uh, in this ball game tonight. Uh, as the Lakers improved to 26 and 13, the Warriors now 20 and 20 on the season. Let's let's go ahead and hear a little bit uh, from Steve Kerr following this one. Uh, as he addressed, uh, first and foremost, uh, the issues defensively that the Dubs had tonight. Well, they got 68 points in the paint, Gareth. That's um, unheard of. Got anything they wanted. They shot 63%. Very disappointing, especially coming off yesterday's uh, win against a, a great Utah team where I thought I thought our defense was engaged and active all game. Tonight, we just we lost our connection pretty early. We, we started out okay, but kind of late first. And then throughout the second, when they scored 36 points, we just lost our uh, our defensive focus. Yeah, lost the defensive focus uh, in this one for sure. And the Warriors in a it just just no resistance tonight. No resistance in the paint. 
no resistance uh, toward uh, allowing the open looks for the Lakers, and they just kind of had their way uh, all night long, and it put the Warriors in a in a pretty difficult position in this one. Down three at the end of the first quarter, down 11 after the bench group uh, came out middle of the second quarter, and then uh, it didn't get any better toward the end of that first half as the Lakers wound up leading by 15 at the break, but it really should have been 18 uh, well, could have been 18. Andrew Wiggins hit the uh, buzzer-beating three to knock it down to 15. And then in the third quarter, Lakers outscore the Dubs 28-23. to Let's get to Priest in Palo Alto. Priest, you're up here on uh, Warriors wrap-up on 95-7 the game. What's going on tonight, Priest? All right. How you doing? How you guys doing? Uh, the same thing that I'm saying, I agree with Kerr 100% about the defense. But offensively, you can see easily see what's wrong with this team. They just don't have enough guys that can put the ball on the floor and get to the basket. They got on on the starters. They got they got Curry and Wiggins, and Wiggins is seeing bodies when he when he breaks free. He's seeing bodies. Same thing with Curry. And there's nowhere to go with the ball because Draymond won't shoot it, and Looney won't shoot it. And then if if uh, Albright is off, that's it. It's 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 Wiggins and Curry, and so that they become very easy to defend, especially when you play a good defensive team like the Lakers, because they'll just sag right down into the paint and force you to shoot threes. And if you're not making those, guess what? You don't have an offense. And then when you go to these young kids, the two kids that can get that can get in the paint and wreak havoc is Manion. And pool, but they're they're not starters, and so he's got some issues that he's got to make up his mind what he's going to do. And in my opinion, Looney, you got to do something about that. You got to do something. Like, I don't care if you play Smallagies. Looney is just null and void offensively. So this is just too much strain on your offense, man. When two guys on your starters. Can't shoot and won't shoot, and then you got a guy that you know can go zero, can go blank in, in a, a heartbeat, of, in a heartbeat. So on, on, I'm just seeing. I'm excited about these young players, and I tell you, Pascal is getting on my nerves. He just <laughs> won't be aggressive. He won't be. His his game is mid range. Is the mid range. He's shooting threes and trying to get to the basket and create an offensive foul. He's too quick. He's thinking too much. Do what you do. Just do what you do, man. And so Thanks, Priest. Appreciate the call, man. Priest, I always love giving you a good long run. Uh, we appreciate it. Look, the Warriors want Pascal shooting more threes. You know, the mid-range is the shot that he can make, but that's not the NBA game now. If Eric Pascal's going to have a big-time future in this league – it's going to be at the rim, and it's going to be knocking down the three ball. And that's an area that, that they've worked with him on and want to continue to work with him on to, to where he can make it more of uh, a bigger part of, of his repertoire. Uh, I, look, it, 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 as far as the young players, and like, I'm with him on Looney. Like, to me, it's, yeah. we're getting closer to the time where it's time to just put Wiseman back in with the starters. Uh, and... I think Steve Kerr's probably going to keep it as is, maybe for another game or two, uh, just because he tends to like some consistency with who's playing when and everybody to kind of know and until he changes it up every seven or eight games. Uh, and so uh, then, then he likes it how it is for another seven or eight games, and then, and then we'll see uh, from there. But we're getting closer to, I think, Wiseman being back in the starting lineup. I hope so. I mean, Kevon Looney had one rebound tonight, and the Warriors got killed on the glass. And, I mean, I know he only played 12 minutes, but probably a big part of the reason he only played 12 minutes was because he only had one rebound. I mean, you know, the Lakers just bullied the Golden State Warriors tonight, and uh, they need to just they, they need more help down on the block. And if, even if it means James Wiseman uh, taking his lumps along the way, uh, look, that's the learning curve for the big man in the NBA. That's all We always talk about that, right, how hard it is for, for bigs to adapt at the NBA level. Well, the only way to do it is to be out there and take those lumps. And, you know, with as, as much as it's intriguing to think about the young, you know, nucleus of this team and potentially where they could be a couple of years from now, 
next year, J.D., James Wiseman needs to be the starting five for this basketball team. So you know what that means? He needs to play with Draymond and Steph and Wiggins. And next year, hopefully, Clay Thompson on top of that. You need to know if he can start with these guys and play with them. And hopefully at some point, you need to figure out if he can finish games with these guys. So sooner James Wiseman's back into the starting lineup for me, the better. It's not like Kavon Looney is making it so, oh, well, you can't take Looney out of the starting lineup. He's, he's basically, with all due respect, he's basically giving him nothing right now. Let's get to Sam in West Oakland. Sam, you're up next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Sam. What's up, my? What's going on, Sam? I heard you, boys. Hey, look, this is – I don't have nothing deep to say. I just think, is this not the most 500 team ever created? <laughs> no doubt. I mean, yes. like, this is just, like, I don't have nothing deep to say. Um, I do want to – Manion, when I saw him – trying to cover LeBron, he really put his heart out. Like, Nico Mannion, you, you got to keep that redhead, man. He is – he he puts his heart out there. Like, there was one sequence, I don't know if you guys saw it during the game, whenever he was guarding LeBron, where he was he was low-key keeping up. He was low-key trying to keep up. But I think ultimately what we're dealing with is we're just – you know, I'm tired of saying every game I just I, – I, I, like, I watch these games and every game, like, what if we had Clay? What if we had this? What if we had somebody on the bench that was that was a veteran who could help out the second unit? But, I mean, all I have to say is this is just the most, probably the most 500 team I've ever seen in sports. Like, yeah. So, yeah, man. It's, yeah, that's just what it comes down to. I love y'all, man. Thanks. Like, good talking to y'all. God bless. Have a good night. Appreciate it, Sam. I'll always appreciate the phone call. I mean, yesterday and today tell the story. Best team in the NBA yesterday. The Warriors play maybe their best most complete game of the season with contributions everywhere including from Nico Mannion and Jordan Poole and James Wiseman and they beat the Utah Jazz in impressive fashion. Basically grabbed the lead with about seven minutes to go in the first quarter and never look back and, and, and win that game. And then tonight it's just a completely different story against another one of the elite squads in the league. And look, it's they were two and two. They were four and four, right? They were eleven and eleven, and and now they're twenty and twenty. I mean, it's just it's just kind of meant to be, I guess, at this point. Yeah, they're still in the gravitational pull. They haven't broken free of the gravitational pull of five hundred. We've been talking about it all year, and um, you know, hopefully, they can get out of that pull in the right direction uh, here in the next couple of weeks as as things ease up a bit. But so it goes uh, for this basketball team, and really for the second time in three games. I mean, if we can be honest, the Warriors were in the game after the first quarter, and then into the second quarter they were not. And yes. you know, it, it's it's part of the growing pains of that second unit. Yesterday, they looked good, and, and they held it together. Today, and, and the first game out of the break, they did not. And Steve Kerr understands that. Uh, he's just going to have to take the bitter with the sweet right now. The good news is it wasn't like the second unit that was playing for the first half of the season for the Golden State Warriors was, was like, increasing leads or, or, you know, putting the teams to the sword by any stretch. So it's really the same old thing where if Curry and, and you know, uh, some of the starters don't save the day, this team's probably going to be in big trouble. You just hope that playing these young guys now is going to bear a little more fruit later in the season and even maybe next year. And I think the the one – Rat on the table. We we do need to 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 put out there and and be honest about two out of the three games. The this bench group has played awfully. They they, they like played been awful. Like yeah. not good. Like it's just two of the three. And and look, the starters weren't good either at the end of the at the end of the second and at the beginning of the third. So you know, there's plenty to go around. But if as we're about, and I think it actually got a little bit miscast, and we talked about this yesterday that they played well as a group collectively yesterday. I think they made some shots, and Jordan Poole played really well, and Nico Mannion was okay, and Wiseman was obviously really good. You know that group as a whole, they were still a negative in both stints yesterday. And, uh, you know now they didn't get annihilated they didn't give up the lead although they damn near gave up the lead and they knocked down a couple of key shots that helped stave off the jazz in both of those stints but they were actually negative in both of those stints as well in terms of plus minus so you know i I, tonight and thursday aside that's one thing but i I think we got to fairly look at and look i'm not saying anything's going to necessarily even change (laughs) 
because they're clearly going to play the young guys right now and try and evaluate what they have and at the very least gain some experience. But everything is being evaluated as good or bad, and you can't really say it's been good to this point, these changes that were made at the All-Star break as a whole. No, the only thing that's going to change is the Clippers, the Jazz, and the Lakers become the Rockets, the Grizzlies, and the Kings, right? And so that's the one thing that will change for that second unit. It it would be downright ridiculous and I'll just say moronic uh, to think that Jordan Poole, Nico Mannion, James Wiseman, and Eric Paschal are going to be able to go out there and hold the line against the likes of the Clippers, the Jazz, and the Lakers. The top teams in the Western Conference, you know, you got to throw the Suns in there as well, who, by the way, put the boots to them right before the break. So it, that would be unrealistic to think that these guys were equipped uh, w- with the firepower on either ends of the floor to, to cope with what these teams are bringing. So, um, you know, the, the, the goal in those games was just don't get obliterated, don't get trucked. And in one of the two games, in one of the three games, excuse me, they were able to do that. The Jazz didn't truck them. The Jazz had the advantage on them, but it wasn't so decided to where it was a fatal blow. Against the Clippers in the second quarter, and certainly tonight against the Lakers, it was indeed a fatal blow. But Houston, Memphis, the Kings... Probably the Hawks to a lesser degree, even the Bulls. A lot of the teams are going to see here throughout the rest of the month of March, they ain't bringing the same firepower to the table that these other teams are. So hopefully these guys could just apply some of the, the growing pains that they've had to go through these first three games, get better as a group collectively going forward. I know certainly that's what Steve Kerr is hanging his hat on tonight when he goes to bed and he decides to roll this same unit out there. You, you can't just do it for a game or two against elite competition with a bunch of young players and think, okay, well, we tried that. That didn't work. Let's move on. Like, do that in a different stretch of the season if you're only looking to do a short-term thing. Clearly, this is a long-term project for Steve Kerr, rightfully so, when you think about player development being so important for this basketball team. And you got to just let the chips fall where they may. And again, if not them, then what? You going back to Wanamaker? You going back to Damian Lee? No. I mean, maybe he tinkers with the rotation a little bit, but even guys like Bazemore now are uh, are hitting the skids. So it's he's running out of bodies, man. I mean, hey, we saw a little smiley geech tonight, JD. Let's let's see what old smiley's bringing. Uh, uh, you know, well, on, uh, on Wednesday yeah, night. Yeah, I don't think anybody <laughs> wants to see that. I don't think anybody, I know. Well, I know. And, and, and that, but that's the, the fine line, and I think you're you're right about all right. Let's see how it looks against Houston and Memphis and the Kings. You're you're absolutely right about that. The concern that I would have, and and I actually texted this to to Matt Steinmetz during the game. I said, what's going to happen? And I actually used the exact group of teams. I said, what's going to happen when Memphis or Sacramento lays a 20-5 to on that group? Because those teams play De'Aaron Fox and John Morant and Harrison Barnes with their second unit. And those are NBA caliber players and, you know, NBA caliber starters that maybe aren't good enough to be winning team starters right. but like so I just I think it it's going to be something worth keeping an eye on for sure and and it may not change anything and you're right you don't want to get carried away with the Lakers and the Clippers putting it to that group and it would almost be expected they did hold their own against the Jazz they do deserve credit for that they helped them win that game yesterday because they didn't get annihilated in those minutes because it was only a small you know minus three I think and minus five over those two stretches and they kept the lead in both instances so they do get credit for that uh, no doubt that's but you not you nailed it for me. That's when the concern comes for me. It's when Memphis has big runs and and it, or it flips a game where you're in Sacramento a week from this Thursday and maybe you're up eight going to the fourth quarter and they hang a seventeen to two on you and you wind up losing a game that maybe you need if you're trying to get to the sixth seed or trying to hang and stay in you know being in the play in tournament. All right, let's get to uh, who's hot and who's not for tonight, sponsored by Exergen, because accuracy matters. Stephen Curry's all I got tonight, man. He's the all-time assist leader now in in franchise history, 9 of 17, 4 of 7 from 3. I mean, who's not? I mean, can, can we go with everybody else? Sure. Yeah, I'm in on that. Absolutely. I mean, if the shoe fits, right? Everybody. Yeah, I, I mean, I... I to me, it's everybody else tonight, and and you look at Draymond Green, 0 for 3. Kevon Looney, 0 for 2. Kent Bazemore, 0 for 5. Uh, Wiseman, after uh, the Wiseman actually had a decent start those six minutes he played the end of the first quarter. Uh, Pascal, uh, some some rough minutes for him uh, in this one. Uh, Steph getting hot though, uh, but everybody else, 
my goodness. And, you know, if we're doing this yesterday, it's who's hot, right? Steph, Wiggins, Draymond, Ooh. Wiseman, Poole, even maybe Nico Mannion, uh, who did knock down a couple of threes in the second quarter. But, yeah, tonight it was Steph and uh, as far as who's hot and, and everybody else as far as who's not. Uh, the Lakers were very hot uh, in this one uh, as well, 62.8% from the floor, including 68 points in the paint. My goodness. Yikes. So that's uh, who's hot and who's not, sponsored by Exergen because accuracy matters. Final couple of minutes here, uh, John Dickinson and Ryan Covey uh, on 95-7. The game is the Lakers get the win over the Warriors, 128-97. to uh, Let's uh, hear a little bit from Stephen Curry here before we get out of here. Uh, on this night, uh, Steph talking about uh, the Warriors' defense and, and this team needing to play f- with a little bit more pride. I'm trying to say something different that I haven't said all year. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. There's just certain principles, obviously, of how we're going to play. It's our identity of that has to show up every night. And I think at the end of the day, like I, I think I said it last night, our expectations go through the roof when you play like you did last uh, against Utah, and you come and drop the ball tonight and that's why we are 20 and 20 but it takes a lot winning is hard in this league we all know that and we all know you can't just show up and uh, momentum's not just going to carry just because you play well the game before so I think it's a collective effort across the board but it's just an understanding that winning is hard and we talk about the margins and you know where we are as a team and you know if you want to beat the good teams you can't have any you know cracks in the armor you know, we put up a decent fight tonight in the first quarter, and then the wheels fell off. So we got to play better. We have to develop a winning attitude every single night. And honestly, we got to get sick of, you know, just getting blown out because that's embarrassing. I think we have to have some pride about how we're playing. You can lose games. That's going to happen, but not like that. The back end of that is the is the point I, I really wanted to play. Uh, we got to get sick of getting blown out because that's embarrassing. We have to have some pride about how we're playing. You can lose games, and that's going to happen, but not like that. That's the number one takeaway for me coming off of this one. Yeah, of the 20 losses, I just did a quick count. I I characterize 11 of them as blowout losses, uh, and certainly you're looking at at four of them in the last six, right? Say for the Portland game, that's four blowouts in your last six games. Uh, That'll leave a bitter taste in anybody's mouth. And and actually, I I like what he said at the front end of the cut, too, about expecting momentum to carry over. Like, it's not going to work like that. It's certainly. I mean, the Lakers coming in, uh, they didn't play on Sunday. They've only played one game since the break. They beat the Pacers. So, uh, you know, they came in rested. I know that they're a little bit shorthanded right now, but when you got LeBron and and you got those bigs, uh, the way that they can roll out that depth, you better bring your lunch pail, man, straight up. Uh, I think, and I don't think they paid enough heed to what the Lakers did to them back on February 28th down in the Staples Center. This one was for the season series. Let there be no denying <laughs> the LA Lakers are a superior outfit to the Golden State Warriors. Hopefully that message gets received, but, you know, Steph is kind of like a frustrated parent right now trying to, you know, get it to sink in for his kids. And I'm not calling the players kids, but you know what I mean? Like there's that level, like I'm trying all these different tactics, right? I'm trying to maybe say something different tonight you got to mix it up every now and again uh to maybe get a little bit of a different message but you can hear Steph's getting a little frustrated man and I don't blame him yeah these last couple of weeks you can see it's becoming more and more clear uh as there have been more of these uglier losses uh, a bunch of them on national tv including the 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 last three real bad blowouts uh the two games against the Lakers were national TV. The Clippers game, national TV. The Warriors were a, a headliner the first two games of the year. They played the first game on the schedule this year. Got blown out by Brooklyn. They played on Christmas in, you know, the the wasn't the A window, but it was the B window uh, you know, for most of the country. And they got blown out by the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, Kevin Durant came back to Chase Center on February 13th. They got blown out in that game. They, they got some nice wins this year and, and, Yesterday was one of the one of the best ones, and they've beaten the Lakers and they've beaten the Clippers. And Steph's gone for sixty two. I mean, there's been a lot of a lot of real entertaining, fun moments this year. But they've also had some pretty ugly losses against uh, against the teams that the Warriors believe they're going to be contending with for championships, maybe as soon as next year. And I think that's maybe more the core of 
the frustration from Steph. It's not maybe this team, but it just goes to show how far the Warriors still have to go to get back into title contention, right. even if you are dropping Clay Thompson into the into the back end of this thing. Yeah, no question. And let's let's do a uh, a check back in. I mean, I know we'll be checking back in after every game, but I'll be curious to see where this team is exactly two weeks from right now uh, when they play their their final the next seven uh, when they play against the Chicago Bulls on Monday the 29th because it's you know the three on the road here: Houston, Memphis, then Memphis again Friday and Saturday, home to the Sixers at the Kings, and then home to Atlanta and Chicago. For me, four and three is the bare minimum. They better be 24 and 23 coming out of that Bulls game. Anything less than that, and and this team is officially, uh, you know, forget about the sixth seed. It's about can you can you hang on and be in the playing tournament at that point? Because these are some winnable games. These are some must-haves, and it'll be time to show that. Okay, so it was a tough stretch. It coincided with a dip in your form, and it coincided with some changes to the lineup, and it coincided with six really tough basketball games. Fair enough but just show that you can come out on the other side of this and still be a competitive basketball team and still be worthy of, of playoff consideration and worthy of you know some of the platitudes we were throwing around in the first half of the season when this team was playing well. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to... I'm going to ramp it up a notch because I, I'm looking at it as you laid it out, and I'm, I'm looking at Houston. That has to be a win, uh, and that absolutely has to be a win. You need to split with Memphis to be 2-1. and one. I'll give you a loss with Philadelphia 2-2. Two and two. You need to go win at Sacramento. I mean, flat out. And you need to beat Chicago at home, price of admission. So at that point, you're 4-2. and two. And I know the Hawks game is in between the sack game and the, and the Bulls game. But for me, you know what? You need to beat the Hawks at home. You go to, you go to Atlanta and you lose on Easter Sunday on April the 4th. You know what? That's okay. That, that happens. You can split with them. But you shouldn't be putting yourself in a spot where you're going to lose both games uh, to them. So uh, I, I'm putting it right now, 20 and 20. They need to be 25 and 22 All right. uh, after these seven games. Like, to, to re, like because that's going to show that there's something a little bit different from what we've seen over these last six or seven games uh, to where, you know, or six to eight games maybe for the Warriors, where it's, you know, really the last six, but it goes back, I think, even to the, even farther back maybe to the beginning of that trip where they blew the games in Orlando and Charlotte because they've been, they've been at a new level, I think, of inconsistent since then, right? They've, they've, blown some games they've had chances to win and then they've gotten blown out in some games against some of the the heavy duty competition I'm, I'm raising the bar a little bit uh right. but, but yeah it's a that's a great that is a great uh date to bookmark uh for two weeks from tonight when we're back here uh rapping after this one uh and the Warriors take on those those Chicago Bulls so good stuff my man uh, we'll, we'll call it a night on that note uh back tomorrow six o'clock Full four-hour final word tomorrow. Uh, Warriors roundtable kicked to Thursday this week, so uh, we're going to be locking and loading and talking a lot of Warriors, a lot of NFL free agency. Uh, the 49ers going to be a big-time topic on, on tomorrow night's show, so uh, looking forward to it, brother. All right, man. Good stuff. Uh, we'll be ready to go, baby. All right, good stuff. Uh, for Ryan Covey, I'm John Dickinson. Thanks to Sterling. Thanks to Ryan Mauser. Thanks to Bobby Spang. Uh, great job uh, for one and all. Uh, as the Lakers get the better of the Warriors tonight at Chase Center, 128-97. to uh, Again, we're back tomorrow, 6 o'clock with Warriors Live, or 6 o'clock with the final word, uh, 3.30 with Warriors Live on Wednesday uh, as the Warriors are going to be uh, hitting the road for a spell as they'll take on the Houston Rockets. But join us at 6 tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Lakers beat the Warriors, 128-97. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game.